Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Hi, Mark. Our first question this week is from Coral, who's in New Zealand. She's been listening to the podcast for a while. She listens to them while she's driving and she's really enjoying them. She's a new member, so welcome, Coral. But she's got a question about being bucked off. Unfortunately, Coral's been bucked off a young green horse that she didn't start. Um, and she's been sort of applying your exercises and philosophy, which was going really well until very recently she did get bucked off again. So she's thinking that she'll probably have to keep her as a brood bear and um, doesn't obviously want to risk it. this happening to anyone else. But her question is, are some horses just really unpredictable and does this sort of thing just happen? Or can you avoid it? Um, it's like the hard, it's a very hard, uh, yeah, yeah. Like over the colon, um, over the years of all the different horses that I've sort of worked with, you know, there's obviously a lot easier horses than, than other horses that seem to go to sort of, you know, and some quiet ones that I've done that seem quiet. And, and I guess I've, um, well, the more horses we can sort of work with and the more situations we can sort of be involved in with horses, the more we start to understand things. And, and, and I guess yeah, yeah, the answers and, um, a, a deeper understanding of how to sort of deal with situations. But yeah, there were times that there were horses that I sort of quiet and then they'd hold in that anxiety and, and they'd buck and then they'd buck again later. And, um, and they are a horse most often that carry the worry and they don't know how to tip it out. And it can root to the some of the education that they've had and how it's been presented to them but some either way like i guess another example was if you were a provider of bad education you would train this many horses that had turned out reasonably safe be, um you know too happy about things but it becomes fairly obedient and reasonably reasonably safe for a lot of people uh, but then there's a few horses that um, will always carry worry and be unsafe. So I guess the better you beginning and assessing all that, the better you become at helping those more difficult horses. But there are horses that fit in the category that are more difficult and, 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 and if you have too many little mistakes, um, to them it's just a way of holding in worry and it keeps that sort of, you know, that suddenly go to bucking in them and stuff like that. So the horses that seem sort of quite quiet at the start that don't, you know, don't express themselves a lot sometimes, um, you know, sometimes are carrying, they're, they're carrying anxiety and, and they don't have a lot of confidence at certain things, but they kind of look like they're quite Brazilian. And, um, and, and then all of a sudden, because they're not tipping that worry out, then all of a sudden, boom, it comes out randomly. So, yeah, there's horses more prone to that, but the, the more understanding I get, there are more ways of helping them. Mm. Uh, and I think there's horses that I struggled with once upon a time that if I had my time again, I think I'd have a few more being able to help them. Mm. So, 
I'm an optimist when it comes to I think we could always try and help every horse, but they are really tricky and it's sometimes best to maybe not delve into that and give them the life of maybe being a horse in a human environment. There's too many things out there that they're not going to really cope with very well and, and if they become sort of random and dangerous, then it's worth, you know, stepping aside until somebody maybe came up one to you one day and says hey i've got an idea and then you can see that horse getting help or you wouldn't say go and make that your number one riding horse i'd say go and work a horse that is more suitable you know for you where you're at and 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 what you're understanding that the horse sort of goes yeah i like you know this riding thing's easy and i, I don't mind it. um you know because for that horse it's a lot easier too so so their life is a lot easier Okay, well, Sue's got a horse that um, has a rearing problem. Um, so it, it sounds a little bit like the buck in it. It's a little bit out of the blue. So it's come up twice now, ridden and a few times in hand. She's made sure that she's shown at the closed door and definitely understands the lack of forward. Um, but she is really hesitant due to her age and fitness to actually ride, keep riding this horse now. The, the rear is almost vertical, and I'm sure that's not a position that anyone wants to be in. So she's just not sure what to do to resolve the problem. She feels that there's no intention for the horse to try and get the rider off, um, but she's just uh, reluctant to sort of know how to continue. She is coming to one of your clinics at Banyandahara in May. She has worked through the challenge with him and he seems to be doing really well in all those areas. Um, so, yes, yeah, just wondering if you had any ideas about what's causing this rear. Um, I'm going to go with the most common idea. Um, and that's the horse doesn't understand pressure well enough. Um, so basically, uh, the most common horses constantly, when we put pressure on them, restrictive pressure, as in it feels restrictive to them, and it's not restrictive because they, they stay in balance and they, they carry their thoughts with that pressure like a pathway. But um, the biggest problem I see in training and, and, and people that come to my clinics um, for help there's there's a lot of emphasis in training that's uh, uh, on language and what the horse sees and all this sort of stuff and I'm not saying that any of that's like I'm not saying some you know using your body language is wrong and, and because you know in, in training there's 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 you know horses are going to read your body language in their eyes all the time but I think some people rely on that a little bit too much to and they don't sort of take a hold of a horse uh, with feel and say I want you to soften into this feel and I want you to follow this feel whether breeds legs things like that so if you yeah, very quickly I'll go and I'll take a horse under the chin quite close and you know some people might like horsemanship was you don't hold them under the chin you kind of hold them on a long rope and well that's where I know the horse is going to have a problem because um if we can't take a hold of them and ease on them and, and get them to sort of just flow and follow feel that's you know at the start feeling a little restrictive on them basically they see it as a trap and, and their go-to is just trying to fight to get out of that whether it be freeze and brace or rear or anything like that so uh, you know emphasize enough how much we need to sort of 
take them and say, loosely step back, loosely come forward, lower your head a little and step back, lift your head a little and step forward, um, move past me, move your hindquarter over, and then all those lessons that you're just constantly gently interrupting them until they're just following this soft pathway instead of these like blocky interruptions. And you'll be surprised, those little blocks, those little braces, those little, um, you know, bits where the feet and they feel a little frozen for a moment or the horse stretches, you know, when it's going on, when you're trying to lead it onto a horse float and it stretches first and then it moves its feet. All, all those little braces that we have to sort of acknowledge and go to the horse locked up for a moment there and was worried. So I think it's so important to do those things over and over in, in that, that close contact leading. And the other thing I do a lot with the rearing horses and, and like hindquarter yields, like not the hindquarter yield weeds their hindquarter around with a bit of pressure or bump them over. I'm talking about the hindquarter yields where you, where you get a horse to follow a feel of a rein and think in the inside rein and kind of give its thoughts the inside rein and relax its whole body in a way that it wants to just move that hindquarter over to rebalance. Those sort of hindquarter are the ones that really help um, moving the forequarters softly, you know, um, but but so so most rearing is when the horse gets worried, we the horse goes, that guiding pressure feels like a trap, pop, I'm out of here. So we have to just work on that guiding pressure so much. And the other thing is I do a lot more, even than I used to, is putting just a, two ropes down their side like long reins on a halter and getting them to sort of find the centre of the long reins and walk around them, around doing sort of hindquarter yields and moving all four feet softly loosely and there's no bother of where those long reins are and they can just move over away in the center of the long reins wherever the long reins go and and almost to a stage that you know well almost not almost i'll get it to a stage that i can just you know put the rope over my shoulder if i was and walk off and the horse will just try and stay in the middle of those reins and not be bothered by it and all that needs to be addressed and done until there's no freeze brace there's no speed. and then you might have a chance to get in the rear out because if, if all the things that you can control don't cause anxiety and the horse is complete, then if something like a kangaroo comes into the environment, that's something that you can't control and that'll produce anxiety. But because all the things that you can don't produce anxiety, then usually what they'll do when you take a rein is they'll actually relieve the horse of anxiety. So they'll help the horse tip the worry out. That's the way I deal with rearing horses most commonly. A few things I think for you to work on there, Sue. There's some ideas, and none of it's written, so hopefully you can, you know, feel comfortable doing all that. Yeah, you do a lot. Sorry, Sue. I probably should have been a bit clearer there. Is a lot of this is on the ground before you even step on them, you know, and so the horse can follow a feel, and there's no resistance. Then, then, then in a safe environment, you start to do the same thing. Just teach them to lead with those reins and to like lead off to the side. Um, everything. So Nicole Mark has got a horse that's just reared actually on the ground um, that maybe you can help with. Nicole took uh, Misty the Grey, another thoroughbred, to one of your recent clinics. Um, they were doing the creepy walk. And so she'd been doing work on the ground um, since then a few times in the saddle. And she just put, thought that she would put her into a trot while sort of on the lunge. She doesn't really do the lunge as such anymore, but she just wanted to get that trot. And she started rearing and backing and head tossing before she could even get one lap around each way. She was just wondering, perhaps she was feeling good? 
or is this something to be concerned about? Oh, I don't know. It, 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 sometimes I see a bit of a rear in a buck and it doesn't bother me one bit because I just know the horses, you know, just hadn't done that for a bit and, and it was carrying a bit of maybe um, body for that moment and, and, and it had a bit of a, you know, I call it brain freeze. And, and I know if I help it through that, it's going to be okay. Um, so I wouldn't worry. I'd be concerned in a sense that you're aware that it happened, but I wouldn't, uh, you know, just just get get a worry overload over it. But um, just to help on the lunging side of it, um, there's a lesson that I do a lot and, and it might take the need to draw lunging. So I'll just get them leading up beside me you know, lead up beside me, lead up beside me until I can just pull on that lead rope and, and pull up past me a little bit, just like you were trotting them in hand, you know, to, to trot up, you know, at a, a veterinary inspection at endurance ride or something like that where you're just trotting them up. And, 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 and what happens is you're looking at, you get to the horse to a stage that um, the halter knot pushes forward and the horse goes, it's about to push on my pole, I'm going to, catch that knot up and they start to get to a stage that you just lift and they follow through really nice and then you just push them through as they push through and they start to trot you just feed the rope out let them trot out on a straight line a little and let them go ahead and then that's a good way to get a horse trotting in here also a good way to teach a horse leading hand in lunging so over time you get a stage the horses like to a stage the horses you know maybe two meters away leading hand the leading hand goes forward past the front of the horse's eye and its nose the horse feels the knot push forward and then it just trots up as it sees that feel of that leading rope go forward in the leading hand and then yeah soon enough they're out on a long line and you just pick up that and you start to walk a little circle and they'll be out on a big circle that feel and they'll just sort of trot go from walk to trot really easily it takes a little more time than just sending them out and chasing on them um the good it, 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 in the long run it doesn't take more time because in the sense of training because you're teaching the horse to lead very softly and you want it to trot out on a circle if you need to see it carry a saddle if it hadn't carried a saddle for a little while or something like that so you, you you're teaching it how to lunge by the time you've got to lunging the horse is leading really softly whereas if you just point and chase well you, know, you haven't taught the horse anything except to get away from pressure and not really anything special. It's just it's more of a problem than it, than it is a, a you know anything that's going to solve any problems. So uh, it's where you can't get frustrated in your mindset. You don't want to be sort of going, oh god, I've got to get my horse trotting now. Well, get it leading up soft. Getting leading up soft, it might just lead past you on a straight trot out a little, and 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 that might be that lesson today. But tomorrow, soon enough, it'll start to trot around you. In three lessons, it's trotting around you, but then leading very well. Also, um, as I say, in a training situation, it's actually you're speeding up the process by killing two birds with one stone. So I, I try that. You've got the horse trotting, you might find it's going nice and you've got it leading well and mightn't have that humpty do. Just going back to your point when you saying that you sort of uh, wouldn't get too caught up on worrying about it, I have seen you work horses a few times where an instance has happened and it's you know been quite a big instance, like a rear or a buck, and you just are totally unfazed, 
I guess you're looking at how the horse is reacting and you're looking for the horse to come back to you. And as soon as you see that connection with you again, you just carry on as if it never happened. And the horse kind of, I've seen the horse just go, because follow your lead in that sense, in terms of not rising to anything, but coming down. Uh, and it, it's definitely um, interesting to see not to, I suppose, react to something. Is it the horse will pick up on that reaction or would pick up on you? Is, is that right? Yeah, so, um, you know, like, like if we react to the weakest link, um, and I think this is the same in, um, you know, in, in psychology in classrooms, you know, the, the, the kid that needs a bit of attention might play up a lot. And it's, I'm not saying horses playing up deliberately to get attention, but what I'm saying is um, if it's in two of them and everybody, the world stops for them, well, that worked. Um, in a herd situation with horses, it's not as, um, you know, straightforward than that in a sense that it's, um, it's, it's spontaneous um emotion more spontaneous emotion so but if we so because of something that the horse did then we actually lose our leadership and it almost looks like that if the horse got anxious we've turned around and brought our attention to that anxiety. then there's then it's a reason to be anxious whereas if we sort of just continue leading through the situation the horse goes well actually i might follow that feel instead because and, and and that gives me clarity and that's a good alternative because training is really only offering the horse an alternative from a uh, maybe a current you know problematic. Uh, we just say, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to chastise you for anything. I'm just going to say, have you thought of this alternative? And usually that alternative is following the feel of uh, a strong. Um, in a herd situation, I've seen many horses that are that a horse reacts a little and 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 they don't get the whole they don't get the whole attention the whole that they you know sometimes they just kind of you know can ignore those horses but the leader goes on about doing their business um if if, if they're busy okay very good thank you very much mark for your answers next time we have you we're going to talk about uh, riding horses so problems that people are having when they're riding thank you everybody thanks jenny you can learn more from mark online through his online training videos just search mark langley horsemanship there's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.